Creative Studio, Semester 3, Session 11, Podcast Directories and Launch Strategies, with Daryl Darnell. Welcome to the Creative Studio Academy. This is the podcast to help you learn and explore how you can start and improve your skills with online content creation. My name is Joshua Rivers, and I will be your guide on this journey. Well, I'm definitely excited today to be able to bring another episode of Creative Studio to you. We are continuing our journey talking about podcasting in this podcast we talk about content creation and how you can be able to simplify the different things and enhance the things that you're doing with content creation whether that's blogging or podcasting we would love to be able to answer your questions you can be able to go to creativestudio.academy and be able to submit a question or a topic that you would love for us to talk about you can be able to do that there we'd love to be able to do that And so again, we are continuing. This is the 11th session for talking about how to podcast. We are now talking about podcast directories, and we're also going to talk about about a launch strategy that you can be able to use as you get started with a podcast. Now, if you've already started one, that part won't necessarily apply to you. But uh, if you ever plan to start a new one, it could be something to be able to really consider. It's a really good strategy. And so... We have Daryl Darnell with us, who is from Pro Podcast Solutions. He also has a podcast network called Golden Spiral Media. And so he is a fellow podcaster here in Oklahoma City. And so he is one of the three founders of the Oklahoma Business Podcasting Summit that I had mentioned previously. And so he and I and Zach Bob, who is on session one of this season... Three of us are the ones that put that together and organized it. And so I was definitely excited to be able to meet them. And then also for Daryl to be able to come on, to be able to share these great tips that he had. And he shared some of these tips at that meetup or at that uh, summit. Definitely worth listening to. So with that, we're not going to belabor too much, but I did want to say that if you want to check out some different places for you to be able to list your podcast, some places, um, directories and apps that you can consider being able to do, you can go to podcastplaces.com. That is a site that Daniel J. Lewis has put together. And so Daniel was a guest on the show back in season one. And so uh, that's a great place that he has there. Um, There's a bunch of different podcast places that you can be able to list. And so the top ones that you want to consider are obviously iTunes and then also Stitcher Radio. And so those are, those are probably the two big ones that you really want to make sure that you get in. But there are some other ones as well that you can be able to consider. And some of them feed off of iTunes. Other ones are independent ones and you just need to submit to them. And so you can go to there and you can be able to check that out. And that can show you some different ways that you could be able to get your podcast out there. And so you should be able to just go there and then um, it has links 
and some simple instructions as far as how to be able to list your podcast with them. And so definitely a great resource. With that, we're going to go ahead and jump into the interview with Daryl Darnell. And again, we're going to talk about some different things about the podcast directories and then also about a launch strategy. So here we go with Daryl. All right, Daryl, so glad to be able to have you with us today. Why don't you go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about what it is that you do exactly for a living. Sure. Well, thank you for having me, Joshua. I'm glad to be on the podcast. Um, so what I do for a living is I help podcasters, and I do that in a variety of ways. The, the primary service that I offer is audio production for podcasters. I've been doing that for other podcasters for about three years now, two and a half, three years, and um, it's it's now how how I earn my living. So I, I do that for a lot of podcasters over at propodcastsolutions.com. And we have a lot of other services that we offer there too, from show notes to transcription, helping somebody launch a podcast from uh, start to finish. We do artwork, uh, voiceovers, and we even have a... a podcast optimization that will go through your existing podcast and try to, uh, we look at 75 different points, some of them involving your podcast, some of them involving your website, some of them involving your iTunes listing. And we look at everything to see and identify ways that you can improve and optimize your website. So we have a pretty robust suite of services that we offer podcasters over at Pro Podcast Solutions definitely been glad to be able to know you and uh, you've given me some advice and pointers as we've gone through and of course we just came off of uh, having our one day podcasting summit and so I think that was uh, a really good time for us to be able to share some different podcasting things and at that summit you had covered some things that I was hoping to be able to cover today but before we do that can you kind of give your story of how you got into podcasting that way, that kind of sets up the stage for uh, what we're looking at. So I got into podcasting. Well, I started podcasting in 2008. I got into podcasting in probably 2006 just by listening to podcasts. I was a huge fan of this TV show called Lost, and I was trying to figure out what in the world was going on. And I started looking online. I was participating in online forums and chat rooms and just trying to figure out what was going on, this whole community of people watching this show. And that's how I discovered podcasting. I discovered a couple of podcasts that were dedicated to Lost. My two favorites were the Weekly Lost podcast by Cliff and Stephanie Ravenscraft and the Transmission by Ryan and Jen Ozawa. And so I started listening more and more to podcasts and really loved especially what Cliff and Stephanie were doing and started listening to more of their podcasts. But long story short... When the next J.J. Abrams show came around, which was called Fringe, some friends of mine suggested that we start a podcast to cover that show. And I thought it was a brilliant idea. So the three of us, and then it became four of us, started this podcast on Fringe back in 2008. We did that for all five seasons of Fringe. And we just loved podcasting so much, we started doing more and more of it. And now that has blossomed into Golden Spiral Media which is a podcasting network of about 30 hosts and about two dozen podcasts. And we cover mostly TV and film. And we have, um, we currently have one podcast outside of that, which is uh, stuff I learned yesterday, which is a podcast I do 
three days a week with a guy named Mark up in Canada where we just look at everyday situations of life and find little nuggets of wisdom and life learning experiences from those everyday experiences. So it's, it's been quite a journey for me. Yeah, I definitely love that podcast. I started listening to it here uh, not too long ago since you guys got nominated for podcast awards. And mm-hmm. so went ahead and started listening to that, and I've definitely been uh, really enjoying it. Definitely would recommend that people at least check it out and see if it might be for you. Going back to your Fringe podcast, you were telling me before about uh, how you were able to take that online community and be able to have a local event I believe for it was for one of the uh, finales. Uh, can you kind of explain what you did with that and how you were able to leverage your community that way? We were really blessed with Fringe in that we knew the the final season was going to be the final season. You don't often get that with TV shows. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. it's the end of the season and they say, yeah, we're not going to renew that. And that's the end. And that's really disappointing. But with Fringe, they brought the show back for an abbreviated final season. And and so we we knew going into it that it would be a, a, an opportunity for us to bring the community together and have a finale party. A lot of folks did that with Lost, too, because Lost knew when it was going to end. And we thought that we could do that same thing. But a great community. We always, then when we started, and even now with all of our shows, we, we try to make the community a big part of what we do. We encourage them to send in their thoughts and their theories and their feedback, and we play them and we, we read them and we make them a big part of our shows. We have a good social media presence. And with fringe, it was just really lightning in a bottle. We had this amazingly active and pretty large community around the, the podcast. So we live in Oklahoma city, just like you do. And so we invited anybody who wanted to come to Oklahoma city and watch the finale with us to to come on out and do that. And we made a whole weekend of it. And the show fortunately aired on a Friday night, which made it easier for people to travel. It wasn't like a midday show or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people came in on Thursday, and we went bowling and had burgers, which the bowling kind of tied into Fringe. There was a, a character named Sam who worked at the bowling alley. And so that was fun for us to be able to bowl and and just have some good time and have a good time together. And then the Friday night, we we had dinner together and then we had a big party at, at the local convention center. We rented a ballroom and rented a lot of audio and video equipment to make sure that it was it was done right. Because you want to watch the finale TV show as, as, as good quality. We had about 50 people show up and they, they had a great time, had a great impression of Oklahoma City. We watched the podcast together. We did a live podcast right after it was over and invited people you know, uh, who were there to, to tell us what they thought and be a part of the show. And it was a really, really cool experience. Now, I, I wanted to jump into some things regarding podcast directories. And so this is uh, the 11th session that we've had regarding how to podcast. Uh, in the last several episodes, we've been going through a podcasting workflow on how to uh, produce your podcast from preparation to recording to post-production. Um, after you produce it, uh, you need to do something with it. Um, and at the summit that I mentioned earlier that uh, we were both a part of, you presented um, a great um, uh, talk about 
um, the podcast launch. And so you had three different steps there. And there's one part in particular that I really um, want to make sure to hit. Um, but why don't you just go ahead and start by um, telling us the major places that we need to make sure that we get our podcast listed. Sure. You know, and things have changed. They're always changing. When I started podcasting back in 08, the places to make sure your podcast were, you know, the places you wanted to make sure you put your podcast or listed your podcast were like the BlackBerry directory. Well, that's gone. And the Zune directory, and that's pretty much gone. Even though, I mean, obviously Zune is gone, but there was still like a, a, a Windows directory. And it, it's it's not much anymore. They haven't really done much with it. Um now that the two places that I recommend are iTunes, that, that hasn't changed. That's always been the case, and Stitcher. And there are some other places. The Libsyn directory is good. The Blueberry directory is good. Uh, podcast four one one is also a, a place worth putting, making sure your podcast is there. But you know, when you think about how people discover podcasts, most people are, are and consume podcasts. Most people are going to do that via a mobile device, or, or their or their desktop computer so itunes is going to cover you on most of that if even if people don't use the itunes app to consume a podcast then by getting your podcast listed in itunes they have an api where people can uh, basically suck in the itunes catalog podcast catalog into a third-party app like downcast or instacast or several other podcast apps that are out there so by getting your podcast into iTunes, that's going to cover a whole lot of ground in terms of getting your podcast into podcast apps. And as far as desktop is concerned, iTunes, obviously, it will get you into that software as well. Stitcher is the other big player in the space, and it's available for Android and iOS. So you want to make sure that you have your podcast submitted uh, into Stitcher as well. And as I mentioned, Blueberry is a place worth getting into. Uh, the Libsyn directory is a place worth getting into. Podcast 411 will, uh, you want to get there. And then Podcast 411 will also give you a whole list of other places that you could consider submitting your podcast to. Now, as you uh, get ready to launch a podcast, um, normally you would uh, uh, recommend having a couple episodes uh, ready beforehand. Um, here, instead of me explaining, why don't you just go ahead and kind of explain kind of the way that uh, you coach people through doing a podcast launch? Sure, sure. It's a, it's a good question, and it's really important. And so the first thing you have to do is make sure that the podcast itself is, is done right. Your audio quality needs to be really good. And with equipment available, you can sound really, really good by getting an ATR2100 mic from Audio-Technica or an AT2005 mic from Audio-Technica. Both of those are range from $50 to $70. Plug right into your computer. You can get free recording software like Audacity, and you can record and sound great for under 100 bucks, including a, a microphone windscreen, which is a little foam windscreen you can get for $3 or less, and a little tabletop microphone, which you can get for $15 or less. So for under 100 bucks, you could sound really, really good. So first thing... Make sure you, you sound good. Make sure you know what you're going to talk about before you turn on the microphone. Have an outline. Have a structure to your podcast. Know where you're going. Know the questions you're going to ask your, your guest before you turn on the microphone. But listen to them. Have follow-up questions. Don't just do the same questions every time. Really really do your homework and prepare. Make sure that you're ready. 
uh, to sound good and be organized when you record. Um, so you have a good podcast. Uh, the second thing you want to do is make sure you've submitted to the directories, which you've already talked about, of course. Uh, that That's going to be really important. Um, now, the the question you that you asked about was was how many podcast episodes should you start with? You know, this is a this is a good question, and there's there's definitely no hard and fast rule on this. What I recommend is five, but anything between three and ten episodes is is just fine. I don't see any need to go more than ten at launch. Um, I think five is a kind of a nice happy place. So when you Submit that I, uh, your RSS feed to iTunes or Stitcher. Make sure you have five episodes in the can. That way, when people discover your podcast, we all love binge watching, right? Whether it's our favorite TV show that we liked, like Lost, we can go into Netflix and binge watch that. Or maybe we missed Lost and we can binge watch it now or Fringe, whatever that show is. We all love binge watching television shows on Netflix. And this kind of allows people to do the same thing. They discover your podcast. And now they can binge listen to several episodes and you kind of get them hooked. You tell them they have an idea of what your show is going to be about, what the structure is going to be, how they're going to benefit from it. And you're going to get them hooked by giving them a lot of content out there to consume and not have to make them wait for the next episode. Now, of course, they're going to get to a point where they're going to have to wait once they get caught up. But this, again, is going to help them get sucked into your to your podcast. So five episodes to launch is is what I recommend. But anywhere between three and 10 is, uh, is definitely, um, an acceptable number of, of podcast episodes. Um, and then once you do get it into those podcast directories, once you have those five episodes available, that's when you really want to push it to your audience. And hopefully you've done your homework and you've, you've got an email list that you have established. I say done your homework. That's probably not the, the quite the right term, but you've established some sort of community, You've 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 provided a way for people to sign up to your email list on your website. You've given them some sort of lead magnet or some sort of uh, incentive to sign up for your email list, and you're giving them value through that email list. That's really important, just in general, right? But now you're ready to launch your podcast. You can utilize that email list. What I here's what I recommend: divide the email list or segment it into thirds, and it can be an arbitrary segmentation. There's no no specific thing that you're looking here for other than you want to what you're trying to do is create momentum and and a steady stream of momentum so segment it into thirds create an email that you send to your audience that tells them about the podcast what it's about and how they'll benefit from it you want to give them the links to itunes and stitcher the link where they can listen via your website and send them the email ask them to subscribe and review and rate the podcast and the subscription is going to and, and the and the rating and the reviewing when people do those that's going to score you points uh, in iTunes system i mean points is just kind of a, a way for us to conceptualize it um so it's not like you'll get 5 points for this and 3 points for that it's really just kind of a a general idea uh, iTunes is going to see that you're getting subscriptions and ratings and reviews and they're going to um, and boost your your podcast in their directory because of that, because of, of the activity. Now, that's on day one. On day two, you send it to the second third of the list, the exact same email, and ask them, to, again, to rate, review, subscribe. And on the third day, you're going to send it to the final third of your list. Now, you've sent it to your entire list, and because you've staggered it over three days, hopefully you've got a steady stream of people coming in really over the next week because we all know people, not everyone's going to, 
take action the first day. They're going to let it sit there for a day. They're going to do something with it the next day whenever they get a chance, whatever it is. So hopefully you've created a steady stream of activity in your podcast. And now, after a few days, you're going to see some ratings and reviews come into your podcast listing there in iTunes. So after a week goes by, now you're ready to send out another email. And what I recommend this time is to send it out to your entire list. And it's going to be very similar to what you sent out the first time. You're going to talk about your podcast, how they're going to benefit from the podcast, give them the links to iTunes, Stitcher, your website, etc. But this time you're going to add something new and you're going to pull in a few of those reviews that you received from iTunes. And you're going to you're going to include those reviews, you know, because so, so-and-so said, wow, this podcast is great. It changed my life. It helped me gain a new perspective on X, Y, Z, or I can't wait to see how this is going to continue to help me gain more insight into, you know, blah, 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 whatever it is, right? You're going to take those reviews and you're going to put them into that email. So now it's not just you saying, hey, check out my podcast. I think it's great. Now you've got words from the peers of your email list. And they are talking about how good the podcast is. So that's going to have a different style of influence on your audience than just your own, you know, self-promotion would have. And so that's going to get more action from people who, who maybe didn't take action the first time. And so now you're reminding them about the podcast and endorsing it from other people. And that'll get some more action. So what's going to happen is you're going to have a steady stream of activity, rate, reviews, and subscribes on your podcast, and it's going to boost you up through the iTunes directory, and it's, you're going to have a good chance of getting into iTunes New and Noteworthy. Now, iTunes New and Noteworthy isn't the be-all, end-all. You haven't achieved the top of the mountain when you get there, but it is going to get your podcast in front of more eyeballs, and hopefully you can convert those additional eyeballs into additional listeners and continue that momentum yeah, that is a fantastic launch plan, and I wish I knew about that when I was launching my podcast. <laughs> and so, but I can definitely be sure that uh, the next podcast I start, uh, which I mean, I, I I guess I'm a serial podcaster, so I'll probably be starting another one at some point. So I'm definitely going to make sure to implement that strategy in that, so I can be able to have a uh, much better launch um, than than I've seen just kind of throwing it out there and seeing if the pasta sticks to the wall. Right. And, so. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm the same way, man. I didn't have that strategy down when I, for a long time. I mean, I've, that's a strategy that I've really developed over the last two years as I've been doing more and more work with other podcasters. And so it, it's definitely a, a good strategy. You know, I've helped launch over 120 podcasts now and, well over a hundred of those have have wound up in iTunes new and noteworthy, and that's just it's just strategies that I've figured out along the way. It's definitely not something that I had figured out when I started podcasting, and I wish I had known or or wish I had any type of strategy at all, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Now, why don't you just go ahead and um, as we wrap it up, is there uh, any particular tip or strategy or? pitfall that a new podcaster should try to avoid or anything like that you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, I would just say to, to take the time before you launch to, to get it right. Figure out what 
your angle is. There are a lot of copycat podcasters out there or copycat podcasts out there who hear somebody else and or, or see a um, an income report from somebody else and say, oh, well, I can do this. Or even if I get just a fraction of that, then that's no problem. I can do that easy. And it's like an iceberg. You don't see, you look at somebody else and you see just the tip that's you know, sitting above the water, you don't realize all the other work that's gone into getting them to that point, all the other stuff that's below the surface. So don't ever just think it's a it's a, an easy thing or it's a get-rich-quick thing or anything like that. Take your time, do your research, figure out who your audience is, and Joshua, you're fantastic at helping guide people through that. And that way, when you launch, you actually stand out from the crowd. The last thing you want to do is blend in and just be an also-ran. So take the time to get it done and figure it out before you launch. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Daryl. Again, like I said, I mean, a lot of great things there. And so great strategy that he has. If you want to get a PDF of that strategy, you can go to propodcastsolutions.com and sign up for his newsletter. And you will get that um, as well as a lot of other great um, resources for helping you be able to launch your podcast and be able to make improvements on your podcast. And so I'm subscribed to that as well. Definitely excited for that. And so uh, some other things that you might be able to consider as well when we look talking about podcast directories with iTunes, um, when you are wanting to check for reviews, if you go to the iTunes store and look up your particular podcast, uh, you can be able to see the reviews that are in your store. One thing to consider, though, with iTunes is that each country or each region has its own store. And so there's a United States store, there's a Canada store, a Mexico store, the UK store, and so on and so forth. And so each one of them has its own store, and all the reviews are stored separately. So if you have listeners in different parts of the world and they leave reviews in iTunes, you may not see them if all you're looking at is a U.S. store. And so a way to be able to do that is you can scroll down to the bottom and you'll see your country's flag. You click on that. You can change the country and then look up your podcast again and you can see the reviews. It's a very tedious process if you want to go through every single country. But Daniel J. Lewis has put together a great uh, place to be able to simplify that to where you can be able to get all of your reviews together as well as reviews from Stitcher. And so you can go to mypodcastreviews.com and you can be able to get um, sign up for that. And so he has several different plans. And so uh, definitely something to be able to consider. And so I get that. And so for the two podcasts that I have subscribed there or that I have listed uh, with that, I can get the reviews sent to me every week. And so I don't have to go looking for it. It's automatically sent to me. And so it makes it a lot easier. It gathers it from all the different stores and puts it all in one email for me. And so that is something you can be able to consider. And so you can go to creativestudio.academy slash my podcast reviews, and you can be able to do that. That is an affiliate link. So if you get a paid plan, I will get a little commission for that. And so, um, so that is definitely a great resource to be able to have with that. Another resource I think is really good for a beginner podcaster is something that um, 
Philip Swindle had put together. And so he is the show notes guy. He was back with us on a previous episode talking about show notes. He has put together a podcaster's library. And so uh, it's a really, really good resource. And so I purchased this. So it's um, He has uh, 50 of them that he's selling for $49. And then it's going to go up to, I think it's $299. And so it's a really good resource. And so I purchased that. And I'm going through that. It's a really, really good thing. I'm going to bring a, a better review of that um, here in the near future, uh, probably in a couple episodes. And so after we're done with the official um, 12 sessions of this, and so I think I'm going to bring a 13 session, and that's going to be a list of resources because uh, there's a lot of great resources for podcasters. And I want to bring that to your attention so that if you want to get some more information, it's something you could be able to consider. And so... Um, go to the show notes. You can go to creativestudio.academy slash 3-11, and you can be able to get to links to all of these different resources that I mentioned. Um, Then also, um, the last thing I want to mention is that I am doing podcast editing and post-production. And so if you want to uh, get some help with your podcast, um, getting the editing and all that kind of stuff done, uh, you can go to podcastguide.co. And you can be able to check that out and see if that is something that can uh, be beneficial to you. And so it can be able to save you time so that all you have to do is you do all the, the prep work, you record, and then you send me the rest and I take care of it. And so, again, you can check out all the different options there and uh, definitely look forward to it. And so with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up and we will see you next session.